All right, I just I just hit record, so. I was about to say, just check that Thomas is recording. So I knew he was about, <laughs> I knew he was about to forget. <laughs> I knew he'd flip you off, too. <laughs> Welcome to the Try Watches Podcast. Watch podcast about uh, the three of us getting together and rambling on about various topics. I'm Cam. I'm David. All right, and uh, well, guys, we uh, we made it to our tenth episode. Double digits. <laughs> well done, well done. So big celebration. Yeah. So so ten weeks in lockdown at least. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think this might be the longest any of us has actually kept her hobby up. Uh, well, other than actually collecting watches, but a hobby uh, with a group of people? Yeah, probably. You're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you're right. Uh, at least the original plan of keeping us three in contact has worked. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. But once a week is enough to talk to you guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially with us not going anywhere, it's, it's not as though we have a lot to talk about. Sorry, so sure. how was your week at home? Yeah, exactly. Plus, I'm getting sick of, of, of your backgrounds. So oh, you've sorry. got the worst one. <laughs> well, at least you didn't like you're sitting in a laundry, or there's like a there, ghost from Scooby Doo hanging out behind you. At least there's ten thousand objects behind me to uh, to look at. One one of your background is is blurred, and the other one is I mean world map, which obviously uh, we know by heart. So, well, can you get out the way so we can look at the ten thousand objects? Yeah, then? sure. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, in all fairness, the blurred part in mine is also laundry, so... Oh, I thought yeah. he was drinking. <laughs> uh, well, shall we, uh, shall we do a wristwatch check and see what everybody's wearing? Yeah, yeah. let's go for it. Thomas, what do you got on? Uh, so I have an old uh, Herbe, Herbe, with the French pronunciation. Uh, How do you say that in English? Herbe. <laughs> from my uh, my granddad it's uh just a really uh standard uh, uh watch from the 50s with uh, a gold plated case uh a nice faded patina that i have put on a on a cork bracelet a strap sorry oh the cork yeah that's cool yeah yeah i'll show you again you know what? That's it, that is a very '50s style watch that looks a lot like my grandfather's yeah, Washington. Absolutely. Actually, yeah, it looks yeah. a lot like the old Seamasters, the old three six nine dial Seamasters. Well, I actually found yeah. uh, uh, an Omega Seamaster that was the dial was identical to that of my grandfather's Washington. Mm. I'll have to see if I got a picture of it still and uh, do do a link to that. But they all there's a, everybody seemed to do a very similar generic dial design. But uh, uh, so this was your grandfather's watch, Thomas. Yeah. So I mean, this basically when my grandfather died, um, I was offered a couple of watches from my uh, granddad through my father, and I had to believe my father on his words. But he said, "Well, actually, this one I've seen your your grandpa wearing it for for decades." Obviously, I wasn't in the world at that time, so I had to trust the trust my my father's uh, word and say, "Oh well." So that's, I mean, technically speaking, that's a watch that is that has been on his wrist for many, many deca- uh, decades, decades, decades. <laughs> um, <laughs> How you say in English? Yeah. <laughs> which which made this watch uh, obviously uh, special to me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I've got. Uh, it was the same as my grandfather's watch because I always knew my grandfather wearing. He like as long as I can remember since the mid '80s, he always wore um, a digital watch, mm-hmm. like a like a Timex or a Casio or not even like a a no name like knockoff brand. I know there was one. He had one that was a heart monitor as well at one point. And this is going way back before like this was back in the '90s, so- and it was just. So so wait wait wait. So you mean your 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 grandfather was hipster before the hipsters? Yeah yeah. Wow. Original hipster. Yeah. Proper That's... old school. <laughs> <laughs> but he was back that... in the future before back in the future. <laughs> exactly. He was before it, he was before it was cool before it was cool to be 
before it was cool. Before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I actually have a photo of uh, me with uh, sitting on my my grandpa's lap uh, when I would have been about uh, two, I guess. Uh, and my dad gave me the photo with the watch, and you, know, you can see my grandfather holding me, and you can see the watch in the photograph. So he, it was proof proof positive that he did actually wear it. And it was, my, my dad always remembered. And that was the thing is that the, the memory of the watch was more to do with my dad remembering his dad than yeah, it was exactly, for me yeah. remembering him. So, no, it's, uh, yeah, I, I understand that, that connection completely. Mm-hmm. So. What uh, what do you got on, Dave? Uh, I got the Snape on. Nice. Oh. Just... Ah. That's just boring. Ah. Says the man who always wears a panorama. Yeah, I was, no, yeah, I was going to say, I can, sneak, I can just about see a panorama. Like, guys, guys, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. You know, Dave, you know Dave as much as I love this watch. And, and uh, I mean, as much as I... The backpedaling, the backpedaling. Of this watch. No, I mean... Oh, fuck. Okay, fine. <laughs> Forget about what I just said. Uh, I'm, I'm going to carry on uh, playing the decade. And um, and say how boring is how boring is your snoopy? Yeah, no, just wearing snoopy. Just what strap have you got that on? It's still on the gas gas bones one with oh the, it is with the leather NASA patch on it. Oh, um, very cool. I haven't got anything else to put it on. All my straps are like stuck at home. Which is quite oh, so you wore it on that strap? You so you didn't bring any with you? No, well, yeah, I didn't expect to. Get stranded. Stuck there, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh, I tell you what, guys. I, a sidebar here about getting stranded. Last night, managed to make the colossal. Well, I was about to swear, but yeah, colossal mistake. So we were going to go to our friend's house here for dinner last night, and my friend's house is right by the office, so I know the route to get there so easily. Obviously. Bus, Stops out the number one bus stops outside the apartment here, and it takes maybe five minutes to get from this bus stop to their bus stop, and then maybe two minutes walk to their house. It's like cool. So we get downstairs outside the apartment. The bus we want goes right past like a minute early. I'm like, ah, oh, damn. It. We'll wait for the next one. It's in fifteen minutes. Now all the buses here are on half capacity because of coronavirus. So the right. next one comes past. 15 minutes later, bus full. And the driver just drives past shaking his head at me. I'm like, oh, God damn it. So we're already 15 minutes late at this point. So I well, get if my... I, if, if, I'm, if I'm good in math, you're going to be at least half an hour, not 15. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, let me finish. Because <laughs> this gets a lot worse. <laughs> so, so then I get my phone out to see on Google Maps just how long it would take to walk. Right. And Google says, oh, well, you can get the number 100 bus, which goes to a place called Yorpaland. Uh, and that will also drop you off in the same place. And that oh. bus comes in two minutes. And I was like, wicked. I'll take that bus. So we get on this bus, come up to the stop. I push the button. Bus doesn't stop. Just keeps going. So get to the next stop. I'm like, okay, well, it's a bit more of a walk, but this is fine. Push the button again. Doesn't stop. Keeps going. So the bus just keeps going and going. And now me and Vicky are sitting on this bus like, well, when are we going to get off? <laughs> and he's just blowing through every stop. Uh-oh. And we're like, oh, God. And for those who don't know, Yorpaland is on another island, which you used to have to get a ferry to go to. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, I know where we're going. So we get to... Recently, they opened a tunnel. They dug a tunnel all the way from Stavanger out to there. <laughs> uh, so I'm texting the guys. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? And my friend goes, oh, no, don't worry. It drops you off before the tunnel. But this is hilarious. And I was like, yeah, fine. So we get. I see the stop coming for the tunnel. Doesn't stop. Goes in the tunnel. Just blasts <laughs> through the tunnel. <laughs> and then it comes up on the screen. Next stop, Solback, 20 minutes. <laughs> So we're, so we're under this tunnel, just going under the sea for like 20 minutes. We get oh, out. no. In the middle of like nowhere <laughs> in this place. And I, cause I walk up to the front of the bus and the guy's like, dude, I was like, I wanted to get off like half an hour ago. And he goes, oh, yeah. no, new rules. Now we've got a tunnel. We don't stop before the tunnel. But I'll stop on the way back. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> 
when are you going back? So I'm like, okay, so how do I get back? And he goes, and we're stopped at this like little shed kind of thing in the middle of nowhere, which is the bus terminal. And he goes, oh, um, you get, get off at the next stop. I was like, okay. He literally drove from that side of the shed round to the other side and went, get off here. <laughs> what? So we had to wait 40 minutes for the guy to come back in the bus. <laughs> well, so he's made all these other routes to Yorpland and come back and then take us back. And we ended up getting there an hour and 45 minutes late. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and had to sit on the beach in Solbach for 40 minutes just staring out at the sea. <laughs> oh, so, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to appreciate telling this story to Kat for the, the times where we were too drunk to get the r- night bus in the right direction oh, and end up crossing the wrong, uh, yeah. onto the south side of the Thames. Because <laughs> oh. we did that a few times. And that, that, that almost ended our relationship. South of the river probably almost ended your lives. <laughs> but yeah, I sh- I'm wearing the Snoopy when really it looks like I should have been wearing something with like a compass bezel because I clearly have no idea where I'm going. <laughs> uh, but I did learn a valuable lesson this weekend. So how uh, about you? Don't take Cam? the 100 bus. <laughs> Uh, I am wearing one of the watches that uh, showed up in the care package last week. I'm wearing the Paris Swatch. So, and it's actually set to Paris time, so I know what time of the day it is where you guys are. Sorry, Uh, you you need you need to uh, do again all of this explanation, but uh, with a very strong uh, French accent, uh, please. With a French accent. Uh, uh, it does say "C'est la vie" on it, so you know. ah, that's bad. That's bad. Thank you, thank you. But uh, no, it's great. It's a, it's a, it's a fun little watch. Uh, uh, fits. Uh, I mean, I, I've had, uh, I've had rebels in the past and stuff like that, so they're really comfortable on the wrist. It's got a nice. Uh, it, the the silicone strap that they put on these things now is is really nice because it used to be the the with swatches that you get those old plasticky straps mm-hmm. like on my my older swatch and stuff like that mm-hmm. and over time um like the buckle like it'd be really stiff and then uh it'll, it'll either snap the pin buckle or um the the uh the strap itself would the plastic just over time where uh the, where it's uh stuck in the keeper um stuff like that it would eventually break down and just snap. petrifies doesn't it the yeah time. yeah so so that's just it. Like, so vintage swatch is kind of. I mean, it's it. They're cool to look at and stuff like that. But I would be very um, hesitant to actually wear it on a mm. regular basis because mm. I had my uh, Kathleen bought me uh, a, a version, like a, a copy of my original swatch, that my first one that I had when I was like twelve or thirteen, and I wore it for. I wore it a couple of times, and but because like the plastics, like over time, obviously get brittle and stuff. Um, the uh, the pin on the pin buckle snapped and I took it to, uh, but w- what is cool about swatches, you can take it to any swatch, um, AD and they'll swap out parts for you. Like mm-hmm. if you if you break, if you break the pin buckle and stuff like that, they'll just, they, they will replace it for you. If they'll, tr- they'll try and do the, as best they can to do a color match, that sort of thing. So they could just, um, and so when I did that, he actually gave me an extra buckle with a couple of extra pins in it as well. Oh, that actually went with, I used to have those. Those 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 left because they were in my uh, my cufflink box. That was also. Left. But anyway, you can you can still go back to a swatch stop, and they also and I think they've they've uh, got a new. Um, you can actually replace the batteries. You take it back to swatch, and they will swap out the battery for you for free. The, and it doesn't ma- and it doesn't matter what swatch it is. If it's a swatch, they will replace the battery for you. Yeah, I bought a Scuba Libre swatch years ago for like a oh yeah yeah in the airport just as a cheap watch so I could keep know what time lunchtime was I was offshore and knock it around and not care mm-hmm. that thing broke the pin buckle so frequently just by wearing it that I had the pin replaced about three times by Swatch and it yeah. kept breaking Actually, and it, I just gave up I was like they were fine about it they were great they replaced it for free every time but yeah. I just gave up and I was just like you know what? I don't wear it anymore it just sits there just, yeah. just, it. Use, just use some tape next time or something so you're sure that it's <laughs> properly <laughs> Because actually, I did the same thing with my System Fifty One, the the black System Fifty One. I broke the the pin buckle on that one as well, and they actually had one that was thicker than the original, and so it like it, it was a little stiffer to put in and stuff. But I never after they swapped that one out, I never had another issue with it until, of course, that watch actually just stopped working. <laughs> but, but Cam, I mean, listening to a uh, story of, of Dave uh, replacing a couple of parts on, on these uh, swatch. I'm just wondering. There's 
you know, on the on the menu and the uh, the, uh, the 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 little paper that comes with uh, the swatch explaining you and everything. Does does they actually mention that to use it as a hammer? I knew that was coming. <laughs> I don't think it, I don't think it's specified on there. But specified. being plastic, you'd think he would it, he wouldn't use it. But you know, like, yeah. more of a mallet, I guess. Than <laughs> I knew that was coming. I just it's just waiting for it. Like, we'll get there eventually. And there it is. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, the, and and and, uh, and Cameron, I mean, I, I was just thinking of the fact that your Parisian uh, swatch is telling you Paris time right now. Yes, I guess this is. I mean, that that brings a couple of interesting uh, conversation between you you and Cat. Darling, this is uh, dinner time. Uh, no, it's not yet. Uh, it's in France. It's not. <laughs> nope. It's just so Cam can start drinking earlier. That's all it is. Yes, yeah, basically. <laughs> It wakes Actually, up. That's oh, exactly what it is. It's past five. Yes, it's seven thirty. What, what are you talking about? Well, if it, if it was the case, I'm sure Cam will will have like a, a, a different swatches from different uh, time zones. So we just make sure that any time through the day, um, just pull the battery out and leave it at six o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually a cheaper solution. You're right. What's, yeah. what's really in that mug? <laughs> Did you get uh, cat to Irish up your coffee this morning? So. Yeah. So you say, what, 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 you don't Irish up your coffee every morning? I, where am I going? <laughs> anyway, so uh, uh, we actually decided to come up with a topic this episode. Do we, do we want to start discussing that? Let's do it. Let's go for right. it. Uh, it was your idea, Cam, so do you want to take the lead and talk yeah. about it? Well, I, th- I thought, I mean, o- over the course of the years and stuff like that, getting into this hobby and stuff... Um, we tend to do a lot of reading up on this stuff, but whether it be on websites, magazines, that sort of thing. Uh, but I thought we'd uh, we'd sit around and discuss uh, watch books that we either either read or are planning on reading, or that sort of thing. Just kind of a general discussion as to what type of um, watch-related books uh, we kind of all are into. Just kind of go around. I've got I've got a few that I've I have and have read and. Stuff like that. I thought we could go through. Um, I'm in the middle of reading one right now, and uh, well, 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 we could... what, what do you mean going through? Are, are we going to read the 150 pages multiplied by the number of pages you have right now? When you finish Green oh. Eggs and Ham, then yes, we can start on hard material for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not just about sitting there. We can flip through and look at all the pretty pictures if you'd like, Thomas. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can I draw them? So. Uh, uh, and because because you want to get into the depth and actually read the books, why don't we start with your with one of the books that you were wanting to talk about, Thomas? Yeah, since you have ten thousand objects behind you of such interest, you keep telling us about there must be something in there. <laughs> yeah, and I could actually, yeah. Well, that's okay. That's that's the moment where after being such a dick for for the past uh, eighteen minutes, uh, one and the other are just like, okay, carry on, just start the this conversation. <laughs> okay, the only the only uh, watch book I can think of actually uh, is a one that I was using a couple of months ago, which I found quite useful. Uh, the Moon Watch only. Ah, yes. Uh, so, you guys know the story of of my Omega Speedmaster, which is a uh, basically a sort of a Frankenstein. So the 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 movement, the case, uh, the bezel. Uh, the the bracelet is from the original set, but then the dial and the hands are from have been replaced when the service in the nineties, unfortunately. And so I was really interested to find out which which particular dial and hands I should uh, well should be in the, in this watch really, so I can like start start searching on internet and find the grail. Uh, but you, that's when you realize that, oh my God, those sort of details become really mental. I mean, like, depending on the year, depending on the serial number, these or these details will, will slightly change. And then suddenly, yep, that's not the correct one anymore. And that's where I found these, these quite nice book, quite handy, just because it covers every single detail that you can think of in any year, really. Speedmaster fans tend to get if you're like like 
proper diehard Speedmaster fans get really into that as well, I've noticed. Mm, and like, yeah. Especially like, because Time for a Pint meetups were born out of the Amiga forums. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, oh. there's a lot, that's why there's so much like love for the Speedmaster and stuff at, when you go to Time for a Pint. And there's so many people there are so much more knowledgeable than me on anything like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. People yeah. like Will, who we linked that video to last week. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's um, I forgot Richard? Uh, Speedmaster one one. Uh, yeah, William. Yeah, Will. Will something or other. Can't remember his name. My, my bad. Mm. I should really remember, but today we we met him. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was it was a while ago. So yeah. But uh, okay. So well, and this so this just brings together all of the different references throughout the years. Is that the idea? Of- yeah, yeah. Well, not only. I mean, like, yeah, it will cover all of the the history of the of the watch, how it was used, and, and when it was produced for which goal and, and and stuff like this. But then, yeah, I was really interested in the in the the chapter where he look at every single detail changing from one year to another. Uh, yeah. I might, I might make a photography book called Luminor Only, and it's just pictures of you, Thomas, one every day, wearing the same Panerai every day for a year. And we we'll just call it Luminor Only. <laughs> Three hundred and sixty-five page book. Yep. of the same watch. I mean, take, well, I, I'm actually, I'm wondering if we would have the same number. I mean, the same audience. On your book that we have currently on, <laughs> on this podcast. Well, you think a lot Probably. yourself. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, but your name your name is on the cover, not mine. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> so, with with going through the research and stuff, have you have you actually managed to like have you been searching for the original pieces and stuff like that for your Speedmaster? I, yeah, I did. Uh, that's where the market is going crazy at the moment. If you want to have, I mean, I'm looking for a step dial uh, from 1969 with a nice patina. I don't want something brand new. And that's right. where the price, I mean, yeah, basically you can find a nice one for like two grand. Two grand for a yeah. dial. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's, I'm not, no, that's not, that's not far off just, Buying and, a new watch, yeah, like and that's. And I'm not even talking about like uh, chocolate patina, brownish, tropical thing. Yeah, just a standard step dial. And what really kills me if there's a lot of chance that my serial number has uh, had back in the days uh, a tropical dial. Or oh, that's probably why it was replaced. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah possibly. The thing is, I mean, I'd, even if you could get the original dial from somewhere for it, or uh, the, the original reference dial for it, I wouldn't put it in for you because it's not the same watch. It's not your father's watch that he gave to you. If you do that, I and I would argue that that sentimental value outweighs the all original value of it. Obviously not. Well, yes and no. I mean, like. If I make a comparison, of course, that's a replacement I had to make, not uh, that I wanted to. But uh, so I, ha- I have the, the old uh, Mini from my grandma, mm-hmm. 1972, and she bought it brand new. And I, I got it from her and I crashed it in 2009, unfortunately. And so a lot of work had to be done on on the car, and the and they lost the original paint, obviously. Uh, so I I kept the same color, but it's not the same color, so not the same face. Does does this? The, the, uh, sorry, does this reduce the the link that I have with the watch? No. I mean, I don't know if. When it comes to the to the the Speedmaster, I think because I'm so into having the watch in the original condition, on the side of the story with my dad, I don't think. I mean, to me, one doesn't affect the other. 
especially sure. because especially because it's if it was like let's say the case was beaten hard because my father uh, had been wearing it for many many years then yes there's a part of it, of the history that goes away but the fact that the Dow was replaced with a with a brand new one that's actually the opposite if you know what i mean Oh, I see. Because he was wearing, he would have been wearing it with the original dial before he had it serviced. Yeah. Is that is that kind yeah. of the thought? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes I I I can see where you're coming from there, and I know I and I know you have an appreciation for maintaining and keeping the original spec on this sort of thing, mm-hmm. and so because I I mean I mean since I've since I've known you, it's been one of the one of the things that's always bugged you about that watch is the mm-hmm. fact that it's got the um the service hands and the service dial. Yeah. Um, it's got the original bezel though, doesn't it? Yeah, with the yeah. The, the the dot over the ninety, which everyone's so right. crazy about. Everybody but, loses yeah. their mind over. I it, and again that that gets into both like Speedmaster aficionados and and they're they're like Submariner aficionados, right? Like these these small nuance changes that that drastically increase or decrease the value of the watch always makes mm-hmm. me chuckle because yeah, from yeah. from even from two feet away it's like well it still just looks like a submariner or it looks like a speedmaster <laughs> like i i i like i understand getting into the nuance of of to that level but um at the same time me personally it doesn't have any great yeah. bearing yeah so yeah. But I mean, but I but that's that I'm not saying that uh, I'm not trying to diminish what you're saying in that no, course, you're looking for originality and stuff like that's I agree with that like if you want to keep like you, you don't want like you were saying like a Franken watch essentially yeah um and stuff so I can see also the fact that not only the watch looks I mean the case is be is a bit beaten but the the dial and hands look like not like brand new obviously but they look quite recent compared to, yeah. I mean, that's a 1969 watt, right? So you would expect some patina on it. And also yeah. the, the dial doesn't have the, the exact same shape because it has this uh, step uh, construction. Right. And on top of that, the hands don't have the same shape either. But I find, oh, okay. I find it quite hard finding not only, um, not only a nice condition vintage dial and nice condition vintage hands but have the patina of one that matches the the one from the other right because that will be even worse than not doing anything yeah <laughs> anyway we were talking about book no not talking about speed masters no that's all right so highly recommend this as a reference point then is what you're saying <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Very cool. We lost Dave. No, I, 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 I've, I know I've got three watch books at home, and one of them I couldn't remember the title of, so I'm just skimming Amazon to try and remember what it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Did did you did you want me to go through one or? <laughs> uh, no, I think I think I've got it. So you can still mention the two others. <laughs> That's, uh, the three, the three I've got is I've got um, uh, the Bible, a man, um, yeah, the Bible, S- signed copy, all the best, love God on the front page, <laughs> <laughs> signed by Jesus. Yep, that's really that's cool. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the same people that sold you that Omega Pocket Watch. <laughs> he gave you the full story on that one too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've got. Uh, one that's probably quite popular and a lot of people have that I just got given this Christmas as part of a Secret Santa, which were, is a copy of A Man and His Watch, mm, which I, I think yeah, is probably one I, of the more popular ones out there, and I think that's probably one you're going to bring up, Cam. Uh, well, it is. I was. It was one of the ones I was going to bring up because, well, I, I received that one as a gift, well, twice, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Because um, uh, for, I, I got it for Christmas in 2000. 2017 when it first was released i think i think it was 2017 and it w- actually it was because six months later for my 40th birthday uh you guys gave me another copy we did because we didn't know realize that i already it. had a copy <laughs> we're that close friends we didn't know yeah <laughs> we've I mean, been at your house so many times but that, I mean, but we, but in all fairness have, that also came yeah. with that also Sorry. came with tickets to goodwood revival and that was amazing <laughs> So I mean, when it comes to two, co- I mean, two copies of the bed, uh, of the of the book, you have two side tables around your bed, so 
you know, one on the yeah. left, one on the right. Nobody's jealous. Yeah. <laughs> did you re-gift that to someone? I did, actually. <gasps> I gave it to Oh, calm down. What are you two copies of it for? <laughs> I uh, I actually gave it to my brother-in-law. Oh, uh, Jeff. Who, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Who also also appreciates uh, uh, a good watch. So now, now Dave wants he, uh, Dave wants to know which copy you gave him. Our copy? <laughs> no, no. I, I the, the one I got for Christmas. Don't worry. It's the same freaking liar. Book, right? You can lie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, sorry, Dave. I'll, so I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you talk about a man's watch because you've probably done a bit more in-depth reading on that one than I have because I haven't fully got around to a lot of it yet. I've read parts oh, of okay. excerpts, but not read it cover to cover like you have. Yeah. And the other two I have are the one I couldn't remember the title of. I believe it's called Omega Highlights. Oh, okay. And it's um, I know that just, one. it's a small. It's, it's maybe about a hundred pages, just of um, select Omega references throughout the years um, that have been curated by um, I think it's in two languages as always in German and English sort of a strange book really but that was gifted to me for Christmas by my cousin a few years ago and the the big giant one I've got is um, oh it's uh, God what's it called Uh, the world's most expensive watches the Ariel was that the one by Ariel Adams Adams. yeah that's it and that is yeah, it's, you can't read it like we, me and you talked about this other day, Cam. That you can't read it like a normal book because you're sitting there with this thing that's like bigger than a broadsheet newspaper. <laughs> trying to read. Exactly. And it weighs a ton. Like, but that's really, that's got some fantastic photography in that. Oh yeah, and really and I mean good. the the list of watches and because doesn't it like I I think the the cheapest watch in there starts at what two hundred thousand two hundred thousand and I believe it's a HYT. Oh okay. I bought two first. last week. <laughs> <laughs> what two books <laughs> no two of the cheapest uh, watches of this book no it wasn't a Panerai yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I knew I got it wrong I knew it and I think the most expensive one is I want to say it's it's an all diamond set Hublot Oh okay. Like now I'm I, I'm guessing that when he's talking like these are these are like not production watches. I, don't know, I, think, there not is, I think there is some auction ones in there, but this oh, is. Are there? I don't know, but uh, I mean the Henry Graves isn't in there because it's not a wristwatch, right? Um, but this is I think this is before things. This is obviously before the Paul Newman Daytona. Oh, everything went nuts. Mental yeah, things like yeah. That. So, so I, like I, Paul Newman's Daytona is not in there, and that's sort no, of, thing of that uh, that paddock that that uh, Grandmaster Chime that went for the, uh, thirty million or whatever it was. Yeah, the Bow Die Rolex isn't in there either. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's a, that's a that's a guy. The thing I like about that one is it's a really cool coffee table book because it's big and it comes in the big hard cover sleeve. And yeah. The title of it just being the world's most expensive watches means you can put it on the coffee table and people who aren't into watches will go Ooh, and they pick it up and they'll and look they go, through it and start the? to flick through. <laughs> yeah, and then like by some chance they might get into the whole hobby as well. Um, yeah, no, that's cool. But if I mean, you think a... things like Amiga highlights, I've put it on the table, people just be like, I'm "Not going to read that." But if you put yeah. the world's most expensive wristwatches on a book, a huge book as well, it's like a yeah. paving stone. It's huge. That could yeah. be also a really difficult entry point to this this passion to like, oh, I don't, I know nothing about about watches. I'm gonna, I mean, get some, I mean, interest on the most expensive ones that I can probably can't afford to my whole life. Do you know what yeah, I mean, I, I mean like, ah, that's no, sorry, that's a really snobbish. Uh, yeah, but have you not seen all the people who follow like watch and stuff? They know nothing about watches, but they seem to spend a lot of money on some flashy stuff, and they put it yeah. all on the steering wheel of their car. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Some trends just need to die. <laughs> but uh, well, the thing to that though, Thomas, is like well, think about um, like when you when we were kids and stuff like that. Like the yeah. coffee table books that I had when I, that I was given it like Christmas gifts and stuff like that are all about Ferrari and Lamborghini and stuff like that. Of so course, you think yeah. about you get into cars like you look you tend to. Like when you're reading about stuff, and it's like watching Top Gear, that sort of thing. Your interest lies with the really exaggerated stuff, the stuff that, like, that only like Arab sheiks drive around in in the desert, that sort of thing. Like the stuff that you just the the chances of seeing 
day to day just aren't there. And that's why you get these books and you see these yeah, things because you just you're not going to get a chance to. So and, and that and that does like spike an interest, especially when people discover like. Um, I, I mean, I, I was having a conversation about this well, before. Yeah, you get into the craftsmanship, but I was talking. I was thinking about like the way your perception changes when you start realizing how expensive some of the stuff actually is. Hmm. Um, the stuff that we now consider like entry level and stuff. I mean, oh, back your, your when viewpoint I very quickly started, yes. changes on that. Oh, it shifts completely. Like my 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 and what you like deem as being valuable versus like, and you start talking about these numbers quite quickly and stuff and you don't realize it's like, well, hang on a second. $5,000 is an awful lot to spend on something frivolous. Right. And then, but, and you don't, and, and then, but you don't think that I don't think that way anymore. Like I, I like, I look at a watch. I'm like, oh, okay, it's not too bad. It's only forty five hundred dollars or whatever, whatever the number is. But if you stop and think, like back before I got really into this hobby, I mean, two hundred and fifty dollars was a lot of money for a watch, right? Like it, it, it was. Your your perception shifts. So no, and and so for people who don't realize that this this hobby gets into that realm where you're talking, not just tens of thousands of dollars but hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollars um like like it's it's uh, people who aren't into the into watches don't really think about it that way they're like and of course the the first question i always get is who why would you spend that kind of money on that and a lot of cases when you get into that realm the the stuff like that does tend to hold value like it does it trades hands between if if you've only got two or three pieces that exist in the world there are there's always going to be two or three very wealthy people who want that exclusively so Mm. Mm. Uh, i mean i just wanted to say you said oh when you're a kid and you saw like coffee table books of cars and stuff but Thomas, we really know that Cam's interest in cars started when he saw the first Ford Model T drive past his house. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just so well, different. And he than thought, horse and buggy. He thought that's a very noisy horse. I've never seen that thing before. You, you mean when it was just released? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was it, it was the de- it was the devil's work. I like how how was this thing moving without a horse? To, I don't understand. He had to go check his sundial to see what it was. Jackass. <laughs> Uh, so what about you? I know you've got quite a few watch books, Cam. Yeah, I've got. Um, uh, I mean, one of the first like watch dedicated books that I got, as you mentioned, was a man and his watch, and that was um, the first one I've I uh, was was given to me. Um, and it's it's a great introductory book to get into watches because it's not about the watches from a technical aspect. It's it's about watches from an emotional aspect. So it's um, Matt, uh, is, uh, uh, Matt Rennick um, wrote this, and he's actually just um, he's releasing a new book this year. It comes out, I think, in October. Uh, is a man in his car, and he's mm-hmm. doing, and he's gone gone with the same approach. And the the idea is 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 it's a it, it's a basically kind of short stories or or uh, uh, where he goes and interviews people, and it's and they get to pick a particular watch in their collection in this case um, and talk about the emotional meaning to them as opposed to so in a lot of cases like it's obviously these guys have a lot of these guys have very extensive collections some of the guys don't have extensive collections at all but just have an interesting watch that has an interesting story um, and that's and that's the whole thing is they pick the watch that has the, the most meaning to them so and it and so the watches in the book range everywhere from like uh like a, a 35 dollar g-shock up to um like one of paul newman's daytonas that's uh so it's uh no it's a fantastic and it's and, and it's a great read like it's actually it, it's an entertaining read um there's a, there's a lot of different celebrities that um have actually contributed to it as well um, Sylvester Stallone is one of them. I know we were we were oh. joking about him last week and stuff, but um, he's mentioned uh, Mario Andretti's in it. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Adam Kranjotz was um, is in it as well. For, uh, the head of Red Bar. Um, just kind of going through the list of some of the other guys. Ben Clymer, of course. 
um, Adam Moore. Okay. Uh, he was, yep. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's just got, and then you get, um, oh, Nas is in it. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, uh, uh, and then he actually went to, um, like, Cartier, and uh, they, they pulled out some of the archival pieces uh, at uh, Cartier over in France. And so, no, it's, I think um, uh, it's got a, I don't know, it's just, and it, and it's, it's easy to pick up, uh, pick up and put down like the, each, uh, each interview is about uh, two, maybe three pages long. The photography in it is phenomenal. Um, it did a, like the, I can't remember who the photographer was. Um, uh, oh, for, uh, Stephen Lewis, but the photography is spectacular. So, uh, on top of everything else, no, I, it's, it, I, I really recommend it. If you, if, if you're a watch veteran or if you're just starting to get into it, um, no, great, great book. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was, I was, I was talking, I know, I know you guys aren't, but <laughs> so that's one of them. And then, uh, another book I was going to mention, um, that I read actually sitting at your place in the South of France, Thomas, while we were out visiting, I guess that's, that's nearly five years ago now. Um, but yeah, but it is, um, a Mary Antoinette's watch, uh, by John Biggs. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, it's, it's a, it's actually a novel and it's kind of, um, uh, it, it gives, it's, it gives the story behind Breguet creating the watch yeah. and Marie Antoinette, uh, and her, rise and fall and then it goes into the history of of where the watches ended up and how it was stolen back in 1983 out of a museum in tel aviv um i think it's since been returned um but it's essentially um it's it's not a watch that's ever changed uh really changed hands it's not like um and it's 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 considered to be probably the most valuable watch in the world um uh, it took, I, I can't remember, something like 23 years to build because it wasn't complete. It was completed by Breguet's son, um, well after both Marie Antoinette and um, uh, Breguet himself had passed away. Hmm. Um, uh, and it's because it's, I think it's Breguet watch number 160 is what it's um, officially like. It's it's classed as, but the the story itself is. Um, very interesting, very well written. Um, John Biggs is, uh, he was, he's, he's one of the OGs of the watch community. Um, not so much in it anymore. Um, Didn't he used to do the Hour Time hour, podcast? Yeah, he, he, he and Ariel Adams did the Hour Time yes. podcast for years. And that's actually one, that was the first podcast. And they, I think they started that one back in 2009. That was definitely the first yeah. watch podcast I started listening to. Yeah, and I, because I, I got into it, I think I started listening to them, it was just before I moved to, uh, when I, was, I was just getting into listening to podcasts and stuff like that, so this is going back 2000, yeah, 2009, 2010, uh, and I went, that one I, I devoured, it was, it was amazing, because they had, um, they had it set up, it was a half, because I, I love that they called it an, the Hour Time Podcast, and it was only ever a half hour long, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, it was it was a fabulous resource because of course and and John Biggs' attitude towards watches was such that like he he hated the the pretense behind it the whole showmanship and I think um, and he I know he stepped away because he's he also um, he because he's he's, he's um, a technical uh, reviewer writer he or at least he was for a while I'm not sure I haven't um, followed his stuff. Recently, didn't he used to write for uh, Gear Patrol? I, I think. Uh, no, he uh, TechCrunch. TechCrunch was so, yeah. yeah, and I think I think he was like the senior editor at like Gizmodo or something like that at one point as well. Oh, was it in Gadget? Um, but, he was at something like that. in Gadget. I think it might have been. Yeah, but it, it and that became TechCrunch. I, oh, I like yeah, that. something like that. But yeah, and we're we're going again. We're going back to like probably ten years. But um, he was always a great, and he actually had um, he had probably one of the first watch blogs before even Ariel and um and Ben Clymer uh before a blog to watch which and which at the time was a blog to read and then um mm. but he had he had wristwatch review 
and I because th- I think he'd started that one up. I think it it started up in like two thousand four, and and so, but he was and he had been researching and been talking and about that novel for years, getting it ready to be published and stuff like that. Um, so no, I was uh, very excited when it was finally released, and so. Um, no, I, so if you, it's, it's, it's just a, and it's a great novel. So it's a bit, it's, it's kind of a, I don't, I think it's, there's a lot of, um, research and history involved with it, but there's at the same time, it's kind of like a historical fiction type book. So, uh, again, it's, it, like I said, it was about five years ago when I, I, I read it, but I, one that I really enjoyed. I remember hearing about it and then I remember thinking to myself that I needed to get a copy and read it. And then I tell you what, it actually just fallen off my radar until you mentioned it just then, and I suddenly got, oh yeah, I never got around to reading that. But I think I definitely, yeah. I definitely will now. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to order a copy of that. And yeah, no, I definitely it. recommend it. It's, it's a, it's a great book. Yeah. And then uh, currently, I'm actually in the middle of reading uh, Watches: A Guide by Hodinkee. Hmm. Uh, uh. And. And uh, again, like like we were discussing, Dave, this is a it's a coffee table book. Um, it's a I mean, it's a beautifully produced book, um, and it's huge. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is. So uh, I my my wife looks at me and shakes her head when I'm sitting in bed at the end of the night. <laughs> is that because of the book or <laughs> just been married too long? <laughs> Not a little from column A, a little from column B, <laughs> but uh, uh, but no, it's great. Uh, I mean, all of all of the usual suspects from uh, the editors at Hodinkee are in here. Um, James Stacy does a bit on uh, 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 mo- uh, multiple time GMT watches, world timers, that sort of thing. Uh, Jason Heaton does the dive watch section, um, and. Uh, uh, Jack Forster, I think, is uh, he's he did the complications. Um, it's uh, yeah, so you just kind of go through. And did Ben Clymer uh, do the everything. air cooled Porsches and cashmere jumpers? No, they don't. <laughs> no, no mention, no mention of that actually. Um, uh, the uh, the chronograph section um, is fantastic, uh, and Jonathan Buse does that. Um, and the watch actually, when they're going through, and of course, you can't mention chronographs and automatic chronographs without mentioning Monaco. And the coolest part about that was the fact that the Monaco that they selected to be the photo of the watch was uh, my Monaco. Uh, that's wicked. Yeah. So cool. I, th- I thought that was, and I've got, I think I've actually on our Instagram, I've got a, a shot of uh, my Monaco sitting on the book. Yes. Uh, you do, yeah. Beside it. So, but, um, and then I'm just, uh, yeah, so I'm about halfway through. I'm at actually, what section am I at now? It's, I think I'm at, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Cara Barrett's section, uh, Women in Watches, is where I've just gotten to. So, uh, yeah, no, and uh, she's she's a fantastic writer as well. So, looking forward to reading about that. But that I think that de- that pro- may delve into the whole thing that we were talking about last week. Is that why are there not multiple? Um, types of watches within women's watches why is that one segment yeah <laughs> so but um yeah and then the other book that i've got sitting here that i haven't i haven't read yet but i also picked up around the same time uh as i got the hodinkee guide was uh the watch by uh, uh gene stone and this is the new edition with that stephen pulverant helped uh oh, write. so they've that, yeah yeah it's it's the updated version of uh uh, of I can't remember when the original was published, um, but it's great. It's got uh, I, I've just flipped through and, and looked at the pretty pictures thus far, but uh, you got uh, how we there's know. Uh, Tom Thomas's <laughs> Mickey Mouse watch and stuff like that. Sorry, Dave. I said, is that not how we read all books? Just look at the pictures, or I've been doing look it wrong the, all this year. I think you might be doing it wrong. <laughs> if you read, there's there's some really good information in these things. If you actually read some of the words, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't read Playboy for the articles. Well, no, no we won't, but I'm not talking about Playboy. <laughs> so, so technically no. speaking, you were not reading a book; you were watching a book. <laughs> You're watching a book, <laughs> which is quite. I mean, that's uh, that's a side story, but I mean, I find it quite interesting to like read a watch, a watch that show. I mean that 
you would, I mean, watch that. You read a watch that shows you the time. That's a strange combination of, of words. Welcome to English. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. English 101. <laughs> but, it, but then, I mean, but thinking this, I mean, in French, uh, the word is montre, which is show. Right. In English. So, anyway, that's, uh, I mean, I find it quite in, amusing, uh, those, com I mean, combination of, of, of wor words and meanings and, and different faces uh, to it. Anyway. No, you're right. Yeah, English is a complicated language. You do, you sorry, do your best. You, sorry, Dave, what are you saying? I said English is... <laughs> <laughs> I struggle myself at the best of times. Oh, yeah. You spend too much time in Norway. I can't hear, I can't understand you anymore. Oh, don't tell me that. <laughs> uh, you two could never understand each other in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You can't hear all this crap I talk about. Sure, sure. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> um, well, I mean, has anyone got anything else that's been going on I've... in the watch world? Oh, oh, I have actually, because I think we've got some time here at the end. Yeah. Have you guys watched Adrian over Bark and Jack's new video where he's bought a super clone one for one Rolex Submariner? No, I've I, I saw it pop up in the feed, um, but I haven't I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I was it was it's kind of next in the playlist. Yeah, it's uh, well worth is, a watch. is this one of the is this one is is this one of those like crazy clones that is just like uh, too close for comfort? It's too close for comfort, but he's picked out like all the all the uh, oh, like, the things that are wrong with it kind of thing. And so, but he's looking at it more from the point of view of like he paid six hundred dollars for it. If you took if you took it on its own merit. Is it a six hundred dollar watch? Oh, interesting. Which is the interesting That's a different perspective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's well, it's well worth a watch, but um, it is quite scary because from a distance, like just spying on someone's wrist, I, I, yeah. I wouldn't be able to tell because a lot of the stuff you have to be like under a macro lens to spot like these differences, right? And they've even got like the laser etched crown and the crystal and things like this. Like, ooh, that's scary. Yeah. So. It makes you quite worried for just buying watches in general because I've been looking on Chrono Twenty Four lately for like the next purchase, and I've always been a bit skeptical about like buying without like not meeting the seller or anything like that. Yeah, and now I've seen this, I'm even more like, oh, <laughs> do I really want to go down yeah. that road? Yeah, well, it's it's, uh, it's and I guess that's and I the thing that I find interesting about all of that is and of course everybody whenever they talk about when you're buying watches from like used watches that sort of thing they always they always make the comment oh buy the seller buy the seller i'm like well fair enough but what about like what what about those of us that aren't like it, that we are trying to sell watches right that aren't um trying to rip anybody off and stuff like that who don't have like a history of selling watches or anything Right, like I, I guess I, I do your homework. Yeah, like or the best you can do. Like, I, like how do you, like, I don't know. I'd be uh, like I'd be hesitant to um, buy something online from a private seller. Hmm. Mm. But I, I know they I, have their escrow services in place and stuff on Chrono Twenty Four, but yeah. some of it, I don't know. It's still, it still makes me a bit uneasy, and I'm sure. So I'm sure. There's thousands of people who've used it with no problem, yeah. but oh, it absolutely. just yeah, doesn't always sit right with me, which is a shame yeah. because some of the things I'm looking at for my next purchase, I can't get in an AD now. I have to get it from the grey market. Mm, so because it it's no longer in production anymore. So well, yeah, I've got to. We know when we talked about next purchases before, mm -hmm. and I mentioned the H Moser Pioneer Center Seconds. Yes. Well. They did a version with a rotating bezel. Oh, so okay. it comes on a bracelet rather than a rubber strap. And I found out they only made 50 of them. Oh, God. And I've been looking at one of those thinking I actually kind of like that more than the normal version. Right. But 
obviously you can't get them unless you get them off the grey market now. So well, and then it's I mean I think they're sitting around eleven to twelve grand, which okay. also plays into where earlier we were saying about how your your marker for what's expensive kind of shifts once you hit a certain yeah. level and it goes up and up mm-hmm. and up. I'm looking and going, oh, that's, that's like not unreasonable, but I don't know if I feel comfortable giving that much money across on Chrono Twenty Four. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I've never bought off Chrono Twenty Four, so I can't say one way or the other. Sorry, Thomas, go ahead. No, I was, I was about to say there's a second part that makes me really uncomfortable, which is if you're comfortable with the first part and then you transfer the money, you still, you're not going to be able to sleep for a couple of days while your watch is traveling somewhere in the world in the package. Well, there's that as well, yeah. <laughs> well, and actually, funny, and Moser had that. They had two watches stolen recently. Um, it was posted on, I think it was posted on Instagram. And they had, and they've lost, uh, um, I can't remember if it was, there was either them or CWC who lost like. CWC a, lost a whole shipment. Yeah. It's like 300 watches 300 or something. Watches or something. Yeah. From Fed, and, whilst it was in FedEx's hands as well. Yeah. So, I mean, if if the companies themselves are having trouble with um, shipping safety and so on and so forth, like it doesn't boast well for private sell- sellers and stuff as well. Like it just, I don't know, it gets into a, uh, it's a it's a weird area, and it's it's one that I've never kind of delved into. It's well, just except, except then one. Sorry to get you going. No, no. Uh, except that one package will go under the radar. Cons- I mean, compared to three hundred, uh, three hundred. Uh, do you say ID Yeah, no CWC. CWC um, yeah. Uh, but the uh, yeah, well, and the and Moser lost. It was two watches. It was that new one that um, the new stainless steel sports one, and one of the, I think it was a Tobion, um with the Fume dial on it. Oh, okay. Blue, um, it was it was posted last week, I think. Oh, I'll have a look at that, but yeah, that sucks. Yeah. One more thing but, uh, as well, and I should have brought yeah, this up yeah. at the head of the episode, but I hopefully whoever's listened this far through can still comment. Have you guys seen the Holstein edition Diver 65 from Oris, the complete bronze watch? The one that's got the bronze bracelet as well? Yeah. The, chron- the chronograph? Yes. Yes. I haven't yet. And it's because it's limited to what two hundred and fifty pieces. Yeah, and they're all gone. It, yeah, they, like, it look it looks it looks brilliant. But I, I love it. I think it's great. But a bronze like, and I I get, I must admit I didn't do a very deep dive on it. I just saw pictures of it on Instagram, that sort of thing. With the bronze bracelet, how does that work? Like, because most bronze watches have a stainless steel case back, so that you don't get the patina all over your wrist. That's, That's the, the one. one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, this has a stainless steel case back. But the, I'm talking about the bracelet, though, because the bracelet's bronze, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So how does that work? Well, I'm not sure what the bronze alloy they use is. Okay. But I'm assuming that it's some sort of alloy that doesn't leave you with a green wrist. I was going to say, otherwise, yeah. I, uh, yeah, like if it's, I, and I, I'm guessing it probably weighs a ton. Oh, it's not going to be light. Yeah, and, and it's really handy as a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that extra weight with the bracelet, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> more momentum. <laughs> I really liked it, and I like bronze watches, but yeah, no, we I'm, all know I'm, I'm after actually... a gold diver, and when I saw that come out, I was like, "Ooh, this could be yeah. like a really good replacement." But then, I'd want it to stay looking like. And I like bronze yeah, patina, but if I wanted an all bronze watch, I'd want it to stay looking yeah. brand new. No, and that's not mm. gonna. That's I can see that going pretty brown pretty quick, and yeah. then quite green depending on the copper content. But uh, uh, it, I mean, in the photos and stuff, it looks fantastic because it's yeah. kind of like that. You know what? The coloring kind of reminds me of the moonshine gold exactly of that Omega. It, yeah, the Omega Speedmaster. It's got that coloring right now. But that's not going to last on that watch. That is going to. It's going to go. That is going to, brown. Yeah. It's just yeah. going to brown, and then blue or green. And yeah. I mean, you can always you can always like um, 
uh, clean them right mm. where it strips it back and you get the the shine back up you can there are there are videos that show you how to how like, many times reverse... can you do that though before you start losing material that's the off thing. the watch well that's just it how much is how much of the material is actually getting stripped off the watch mm. after you do that my, right my thoughts with the bracelet were also that if it patinas quite heavily and you get that like greeny copper sulfate um, yeah. patina are the, are the links still going to flex or is it going to get stuck together and gummed up or I don't know have they done the same thing that you know how Rolex uses those ceramic tubes that they put inside for the links to to avoid that stretch did they do something like that where maybe got, like, but I'm just thinking where... the gap between the links if that starts to oh, build up you'll be, you know, there'll be some stretch yeah because the and and it being a bronze watch, that's the other thing is it's a fairly like even though it's a heavy material, it's pretty soft material, isn't it? Like don't or is it again? I don't know what yeah. the alloy is that they've used. They might be it might be a hardened alloy. I don't know what's in it. Yeah, fair enough. I'm no metallurgist. Yeah, no, as exactly. my work as work, you keep reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> the, only, the only thing is, I, w- I would have preferred. I mean, talking about design, I. <laughs> I would think that the subdials being either the same color than the dial or being white rather than black. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. quite like that, no, I actually. think Panda looks the best. I wouldn't have gone for white with gold. It looks like a Michael Kors I... watch then if you do that. It's just that yeah. from, far, from far away with the, the two black dial, it gives a little bit of a racing style to it. Yeah, that's why I like it. Okay. Because it, it's got that, it's like it's like a gold Daytona, right? Yeah, you can see that way. Yeah, like a gold Daytona with like a champagne dial. It's got that effect to it, and I think um, are, now are those are those subdials black or are they like a chocolate brown? No, they're black. I believe. Oh, see, a chocolate brown would look really good on that because as that patinas and the the bronze starts to brown, you get like a nice brown hue over the whole thing. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. But I mean. Uh, there's there's 250 of them and they're all gone so it doesn't really matter well I, the thought I had on this though was if I could get a Carl Brashear chrono with the blue dial that's got the which you've case, been looking for for a while which I like you've been talking to, yeah could I then get a bronze service bracelet for this and put it on the Carl Brashear don't know probably it'd look pretty cool if it's if it's if it's the same if, if it's the same dimensions and stuff like that the lug placement and the the lug pinhole is in the same spot. Yeah. I don't see why not. I just think that look pretty cool. All yeah. bronze with a blue dial. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, and I think, and aura seems to be a bit more interesting. It's not like a, it's not like a gold Rolex where you get it on the strap and that, and the, that bracelet link is actually attached to the case. Mm. So you can't swap out for a bracelet. Uh, I think it's probably a bit That's too soon for them to have produced service bracelets anyway. But, uh, yeah. I I found that uh, we'll post it uh, on on the notes. But uh, I found the perfect watch for uh, for uh, Dave. <laughs> Was it <laughs> found at the bottom of the sea? <laughs> no, I think so. I like so that. I, did, I discovered that 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 I don't know that trend a couple of years ago where uh, well they were the original. Sorry, gone. No, Panerai were the original. Like the the bronzo was that was yeah, the first but, yeah, but then but then there was this trend of like using like whatever acid you can find to uh, to basically to super make, super, uh, super patina it. There, there was a guy. Just, we should we more, should explain what that is as well for the people who can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only we can see it. No, but it's I was a really heavily heavily corroded uh, bronze Panerai submersible. Yeah. yeah, but there was a guy I met at a red bar a while ago who had one of the first gen Tudor Black Bay bronzes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he was saying to me, "Oh yeah, I got it like um, a week ago. So far, I've buried it in the back garden for a couple of days. Um, I put it <laughs> put it in a bag with some eggs and things like that. And he was just like doing everything he could to just oh. like speed this patina up to get it to look like you said, like people really trying to." corrode I, the watch like yeah really i don't fast. get that i don't get just, it either just wear it like i mean but i'm i'm of the mindset where like the whole point of of gaining patina on a watch is to to tell the story of you wearing the watch yeah but like we, so so to 
bury it in the what'd you do oh wow you must have had that for a long time nah I buried it in the garden <laughs> like, yeah. it's when the dog digs it up and runs away with it that's the problem yeah. but this is Eats really, it. this is really, really representative of this Instagram age where everyone is interested in the instant result and they're not inter- interested in the, in the process whatsoever so the fact yeah. that uh I mean, all of the watches we're talking about, including the the one the, the one that I mentioned uh, at the beginning of the of this uh, show, is has a patina that has been created unconsciously and and for for I mean through many many years by just people wearing it normally. It's something that those guys could, could not understand. They just want the like the beaten uh, effect suddenly. Not the yeah. process. Instant gratification. I will yeah, exactly. I will apologize to you, Cam. We've been calling you the old man, but here Thomas is complaining about the youth of today. <laughs> <laughs> so, Thank you for taking that title, yeah. Thomas. As if the elbow patches a couple of episodes ago weren't enough, you have taken the crown <laughs> being this podcast resident grumpy old man. <laughs> um, I think on that note, we're going to call this an episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, th- See you later, Granddad. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Take care. (laughs) Bye. Bye bye.